You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everybody, Tim McMaster here. The MLB Extras Braves podcast is back with Mark Bowman, our Braves reporter. Mark, welcome back to another offseason and a what is going to be a very optimistic, I think, offseason for the Atlanta Braves. It'll certainly be an eventful offseason, much much different than last year's offseason. Uh, you know, they, they have some money to spend, um, maybe every bit as importantly uh, this season. Everyone knows that they exceeded expectations. They did so because Mike fulton took a step forward in some ways. Sean Newcomb, you know, showed some progress. They have a better understanding where they stand with the rotation. And they'll need to add some bullpen arms. I would assume that that'll be a that, – that's my expectation. That'll be a priority. But, it, you know, they have – they don't necessarily know that this – Arotis Vizcaino, their closer, can stay healthy for an entire season, but they feel better about what, what they saw from Chad Sabaka late in the year and, and A.J. Mentor. Uh, they have a few pieces there. And, and within the lineup, they, they have a, uh, an understanding of where at least where they can go with six of their eight position players. Uh, they're going to be looking for a right fielder and a catcher. But um, they, have, they have the money to spend. They can be a player for – Basically anybody, it'll it'll be a interesting to see exactly how they allocate what you know. I expect to be at least sixty million dollars to spend this winter. Yeah, we'll get and we'll get into those possible options as we go along here. I want to start though um, and get into Ryan Snicker because you know what the season started. This wasn't the deal. He has done a tremendous job takes over and now he's gotten a two-year contract extension including an option for 2021 is brian snicker the national league manager of the year in your eyes mark i, I do you know obviously it's i got I had a chance to watch him every day i, I understand the the folks in milwaukee who would um say that great council deserves it and then even in colorado those who would would back but um but black but um Anyhow, I, I yeah, what Brian did there, it wasn't just this season. Uh, while he might be awarded for for this year's accomplishments, he, he changed the culture in a hurry within that clubhouse. He showed up in, in the middle, you know, what six weeks into the 2016 season, the team was nine and 28. Um, you know, Freddie Freeman said they walked out of the first meeting feeling like they were 28 and nine. He he just has always had that way with players. I saw it again. Uh, the day that they clinched the um, the division title this year, you know, the text that I started getting, you know, from Nick Green and Kelly Johnson, Pete Orr happened to be there as a scout. He talked about how it was, he, uh, he was scouting for the Brewers. Uh, he was at the game when they clinched that day, talked about the tears in his eyes. Just, just Brian McCann, you know, Jeff Francourt, the guys that have, have played for him in the minors know exactly everything he's gone through, know exactly what the Braves mean to to Brian Snicker, that, that was a uh, – you, you kind of get even more of a sense of what the, today's players the, the, from uh, the current roster, why, why they love him. This guy has – John Smoltz called him the most intimidating manager he ever experienced at the minor league level. He, he wasn't even his manager. He was an instructional league coach for him. Um, 
But at the same time, you know, while he has he has that ability to, to maybe provide that strong hand, he's also shown love and, and respect for his players. And they, I, I think that what he started to do in 2016, what he was able to maintain a, a sense of a positive uh, aspect within that clubhouse in 2017, just carried over into this year where they – they came into the season. Why not us? Saying why not us, and, and they they delivered and, and uh, proved pretty much all of us wrong about what they were going to be able to accomplish this year. All right, you mentioned that they have the money to spend, obviously, this winter, and one reason for that is that they have this great, controllable, cheap pitching staff right now because there's all these young kids that that aren't making the money yet, which is a perfect situation to be in in a rebuild. So. They could go different routes. There's a lot of different ways to spend money, Mark, on the open market. You can go after those big names. You can go after maybe more mid-level guys. Um, when you look at what their needs versus different philosophies, are they going to be a player for the big-name free agents? And when I say big names, obviously there's the Harper and Machado, but there's other names after that as well. I hear. Here's what I'd say. You'll hear them linked to at least Harper, just for simple fact, you know, it's um, he and Freddie Freeman developed a friendship during the, the all-star game, whether that's leaked from Harper's side or the Braves side that there's interest. Yes. I, I think there's, there's a level of interest. I don't think the Braves are willing to go beyond, you know, four years for too many players. Um, so I, I think that takes them out of the, the, the equation probably for Harper, unless you start getting into, well, go ahead and give him one of those deals as four years with an opt out and, and let him go ahead and walk away after four years, that kind of stuff. I do. They have the, the, the money and potential interest to go after Harper. Yes. Uh, do I expect them to, to end up with him? No, I, you know, Alex Anthopoulos has shown that, that he understands the value of the depth uh, within, within an organization. Yeah. It'd be nice to get that, that big bat in this lineup, but does that big bat in the lineup while you're sacrificing the need maybe to get, um, uh, you know, a, a couple of different relievers, proven relievers, or, uh, you know, one starter to a frontline starter to pair with Mike Fultonevich and then maybe add a, uh, you know, a catcher, whether that's, um, you know, JT Real Muto. And we'll come back to JT Real Muto because he's, he's going to become a big focus of this offseason. Um, or, you know, Grandall, you know, do you pay the money there? I think that instead of going and getting that one big piece, uh, my anticipation is Alex is going to find a way to get, you know, two, three, four big, you know, pieces that, that you know, cost anywhere between that 10 to $20 million range. Mark, you mentioned J2 Real Muto, and so let's get right into that. Um, it's an interesting name, obviously. It would be a trade versus signing a free agent, and it's within the division. Do you think the Marlins would be – uh, less interested in trading him to the Braves than maybe some other team. And and obviously the Braves have the system to go out and trade for a guy like that. Are they going to want to give up the type of package it would take? Yeah, I, I think so. I think that it's, you know, he he fits everything they need in the catcher. You know, he's controllable for a couple of years. Uh, arguably the, you know, the game's best catcher right now. Uh, can handle a young pitching staff. Um the, the thing is, we go back to the last offseason. The question was, you know, should the Braves go after Yelich or Real Muto? My thinking was, look, I understand that Christian Yelich can be a superstar. You know, it would be great to have him. But I think it was 
more important to, to go after Rio Muto just because it, you know, just there just aren't that many good catchers out there. They're the Braves' best catcher in their system. Um, Wilson Contreras is at, able, at the A ball level. He's probably at least two years away. Um, they need somebody to pair with Tyler Flowers, who, who probably, you know, if you've got a Rio Muto or a, a Grandal, he becomes more of a backup. Once you go out here in the next couple of weeks and get a feel for whether it's it's going to be possible to get Rio Muto, um, first of all, you can, you'll know whether you've addressed one of your primary needs. You'll have been able to do so much cheaper than you would have with getting Grandal. So now all of a sudden you know exactly how much money you have to spend to go get a starter or a reliever. Um, an outfielder because, you know, Nick Markakis is, I'm not saying he's definitely gone, but he's a free agent. Um, So you have multiple needs to fill. Once you, if you could go ahead and use your pieces, let's, let's, let's throw together a package. It's going to be a a, a steep package. Let's say Austin Riley. Um, We'll we'll go with Mike Soroka for right now. I know everyone's high on Mike Soroka, but there has to be some questions about his shoulder. Um, and then let you know, throw in one other prospect. Um, it's in the give that package to the Marlins. Is, is are you gambling? Yeah, sure. Maybe Mike Soroka becomes a, a top pitcher, maybe you know, Austin Riley becomes an all star third baseman. At the same time, you have the depth within your system. You know, the the progress of Johan Camargo as a, as a third baseman has, has put you in this position where you can. You have multiple areas of strength right now from within your pipeline. And so I, I think that while the Phillies and the Nationals will also be coming after Real Muto, you know, the Braves are the, are the team that, that has the pieces that that would, you know, lead the Marlins to say, hey, look, I know this is within our division, but at the same time, let's get it done. And you take a step back also from the Marlins perspective. I think they're more than two years away. So they're, they're more than willing to take that gamble because they're saying, yeah, we're, we're giving this to a team within a division, but we're not going to win within these next two years anyhow, so does that really matter? We're going to go out and get where we, you know, deal with a club that's going to give us the best uh, prospects in return. Have the Braves reached this point, and this will be the last question, Mark, but the Braves reached the point where you have so many prospects. This system was so loaded with talent. Eventually, you fill all your spots at the big league level, and you eventually have to trade other prospects because there's nowhere else to put them. Have the Braves kind of gotten to the point where they have to look at it that way too, that you can't keep them all and, and this is the best way to spend them as, a, uh, as an asset? No doubt about it. No doubt about it. We've already started to see a lot of the starting pitchers arrive. And, you know, you, you sit back, take a step back and you say, okay, Colby Allard didn't impress like you, you expect him to. Um, at the same time, you realize he's 20 years old. Do you try to trade him now because another team says, yeah, I want that? Um, they still value him the, the way everybody did before he arrived at the big league level and had, a, you know, a few rough appearances. Uh, like I said, you've got Mike Soroka, who's expected to be healthy next year, Allard, Tuki Toussaint, uh, Bryce Wilson, um, you know, adding that to a, a rotation that already included two relatively young guys with Fulton Evich and, and Newcomb and, and Kevin Gossman. They're, they will be dealing some of these arms this year. Uh, Max Fried as well. Um, you know, you, you can say, okay, well, you, we need some of the, you need some guys in reserve and you need some guys in the bullpen. Well, you also don't want to get to that point where, um, not all these prospects are going to hit. We've said that time and again, there's also, 
you know, the fact that once they are exposed to the big league level, their, their value is going to decrease. You know, Luis Gohara this year, you know, if we, as we go back a year ago and what we were saying about Luis Gohara, here's this guy that could be a rookie of the year, definitely a strong piece within the rotation. Well, he goes through a season like this year, um, that prospect value can, can decrease in a hurry. Um, you know, you're probably going to have to remain patient with a guy like Gohara. I hope he bounces back, gets himself in better shape, has a better year. But you, you need to go ahead and take a gamble on some of those other guys because they're not all going to hit. Figure out which one fits best for you and and move ahead and try and address some other areas of need within that uh, strength that you have uh, with your depth, your starting pitching depth in your pipeline. All right, it's going to be an interesting off season, and this was supposed to be the off season where we thought about, hey, in 2019, maybe the Braves are finally ready to contend. Well, we're a year ahead of that because the Braves are coming off a playoff appearance in 2018. We will continue to get you ready throughout the off season here on the podcast with Mark Bowman. I'm Tim McMaster. Thanks for tuning in to MLB Extras, the Braves podcast. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.